Good evening, everyone. It is my pleasure to be here in Gaithley once again. And I pray that it was it is my prayer that this weekend we will have a spiritual and revival and reformation time together. What do you say? But before we begin, I know we had a prayer, but let's kneel again for a prayer together, shall we? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we can be here together in this beautiful Sabbath day. I pray, Father, as we contemplate upon Jesus this weekend, that we'll become better men and better women in Christ. And we pray, Father, that the Holy Spirit will come up upon us in a very special way that we may understand and to apply these truths upon our hearts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This evening we are going to study a very important topic from John chapter 3 and verse 16. One of the most famous texts that we know, even many non-Christians, they know about this text. John chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a beautiful text which is given in the Holy Scripture. And this evening we want to study this phrase in the Bible that says, God so loved the world that He gave His, what? Only begotten Son. What does that mean when the Bible says, the only begotten Son? Does that mean that Jesus Christ was literally begotten from the Father? Or is it something else that God is trying to communicate to us? So what does the Bible trying to say when the Bible says the only begotten? And do you know that there are other scriptures in the Bible that says the first begotten? So we have the only begotten and the first begotten. Why does the Bible use these terminologies? There got to be reason why. And that's what we want to find out tonight. First of all, why do you think we have God the Father and Jesus is called God the what? Son or Son of God. Why do you think He is called the Son of God? We know that there is no mother God, so to speak, to born Jesus Christ, eternity past. We know that the Bible says He is everlasting from everlasting. He is eternal. And only the eternal Jesus Christ can 
pay the penalty of sin. What's the penalty of sin? Death. What kind of death is it? Second death. What about second death? What, kind of, what is second death? Eternal death. Therefore, one that who possess the eternal life can pay eternal death. That's why our Savior has to be what? One that with eternal quality. Everlasting. So why does the Bible says Jesus is the Son? There's a reason why, my friend. I believe that God is trying to communicate to us very important concept here. When the Bible says son, especially in the Jewish people's mind, son has very important role. Back in those days, it was somewhat a shame to have only daughters in the family. That is also carried out in China. You know, China, they have a law. You cannot have more than one child. Although they break that law all the time. So what they do is that every time they have a baby, if it's a girl, they'll kill it. If it's a boy, they'll deliver the baby. And even Jewish people's mind, son is very, very important. Why, my friends? Because male child... Listen, male child is the one that continues or carry out the inheritance of the father. That's why you have the particle son parable in Luke chapter 15. And the Bible calls Jesus the son, but same time heir. Turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, the Bible says, listen, in verse 2, has in these last days spoken unto us by His, what? Son, whom He had appointed, what's the next word? Heir, right there. The Bible is clear. Jesus Christ is called Son. And God has appointed Him to be at what? Heir. What does that mean, heir? One that carries or receives what? Inheritance. That's exactly right. So what, that, what does that mean, my friends? It simply means this. God the Father, listen, he can only give his, in, 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 God the Father, He can only give His inheritance to who? His Son. That's right. And only the Son has a right to give His inheritance, right? That's the concept. In other words, Jesus is a channel which God the Father sends his blessings. That's the reason why the Bible says the only begotten son. You know the word begotten? Do you remember in Matthew chapter 1? Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 1. Let me show you something here. Matthew 1. The Bible says, listen, we are not going to read all these Bible texts but you know this is talking about genealogy of who? Jesus, that's right. And the, the word begot is very, very important in Jewish people's mind. And you know that the genealogy between Matthew and Luke is a little different. You know, right? M Matthew begins with who? Abraham. And it goes all the way down to Jesus, right? But Luke goes backward. 
it goes back or start from Jesus and then goes all the way back to what? Adam. Not Abraham. Do you know the reason why? You see, Matthew, he wrote the book of Matthew specially for the Jewish people's mind. Because they were expecting Messiah, the king of the Jews, a deliverer. And Matthew was trying to prove that Jesus is a son of Abraham and a seed of David. And in Matthew, he used the word begot. This person begot this son. This person begot this person. This person begot this person. But in Luke, the Bible says, he's a son of so-and-so. He's son of so-and-so. Son of so-and-so. Very interesting, isn't it? And you see, Luke is more interested. You see, Luke is a doctor. He is more interested in biological genealogy. And you will see that uh, the, <clears throat> the further you go back, it's the same. But somewhere after David, it's a little different. Do you know the reason why? Matthew, he counts Joseph, who is that? Husband of Mary, to say he's a son of Joseph. Are you with me? But in Luke, it goes through Mary's genealogy to show biological side of Jesus. And whether he is from Mary or Joseph, both of them came from who? Seed of David. So that is clear. <coughs> but why Matthew used the word begot and Luke used the son of? Because son of is more biological in some ways, but the word begot, my friend, is more to show you inheritance, the heir. Turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Oh, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, and look with me, verse 33. The Bible says, Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and dig a winepress in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country, verse 34, and when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. Verse 35, and the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stone another. Who are these husbandmen? Who are they? The Jewish nation, right? And who are these servants that the, the masters keep sending? The prophets of God, that's right. And look with me, verse 36. Again, he sent another servant more than the first. Who is that? Another servant more than the first? That's talking about John the Baptist. Continue reading. The Bible says, And they did unto them likewise. Verse 37. But last of all he sent unto them his what? Son. Saying, They will reverence my son. But watch this. Look at this. Verse 38. But when the husbandmen saw the son, they say among themselves, This is the what? Air. So my friends, in the Bible, when the Bible says son, it is related to what? Air. Remember that word. Remember that word, air, because that word becomes very important when we're about to finish the sermon for tonight. <laughs> That's the reason why, my friend, the Bible says the only begotten son, that means Jesus is the only one that has the what? Inheritance. He is the only heir. Are you with me? 
now. So what does mean the only begotten? The word only begotten means, my friend, the only one. Let me show you how does the Bible explain the word only begotten. Turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And verse 17. Hebrews 11 verse 17. The Bible says, But faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises, offered up his, what's next for? Only begotten son. Now let me ask something. The word only begotten means the only son, right? But how many sons did Abraham have? At least that we know he had, what, how many? Two. Popularly speaking, two, right? Then why does the Bible say the only begotten? Because Isaac is the only one with the what? Promise. Inheritance. Isaac is the only one. In other words, my friend, the word only begotten means one of its kind. There's none others. Jesus is the only one. That's what it means. And let me explain to you why that is so important. After this sermon, I pray that you learn to love Jesus even more. That's my purpose. But now, what does it mean that Jesus is the only one? Turn your Bibles with me now to John chapter 1 and verse 14. John chapter 1 and verse 14. What I'm doing right now, I am showing you many Bible texts that use the phrase, the only begotten. And notice, how does the Bible use the word only begotten in what relationship? In John chapter 1. In John chapter 1 and verse 14, the Bible says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the what? Only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in the Bible text, my friend, the only begotten son concept is mentioned with what relate what concept? Glory. Glory. That means, my friend, Jesus is the only one with the glory of God. He is the one with the glory of God. Continue reading. In verse 18, this is even more important. John chapter 1 verse 18, the Bible says, No man has seen God at any time. So you and I, or no man, no creature, have seen who? God at any time. The what? Only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he, watch this, Jesus has, what's the next word? Declared him. That means, my friend, we have not seen the Father, but who has revealed the Father to us? Only who? Jesus. Any other creature can show the Father to us? Can any other creatures? No, only Jesus can truly reveal the Father to us. So what does that mean? When the Bible says only begotten, that means, my friend, Jesus is the only one with inheritance, plus He is the only one can really show God's character. Now, let's get this more deeper, alright? Turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 1 again. <clears throat> Hebrews 
Hebrews chapter 1. The Bible says in verse 3, speaking of Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory, Jesus, what's the next word? Who being, what's the word being? Is it a past tense or present tense or future tense? Present tense. In other words, Jesus always the brightness of his what? Glory. What does that mean, brightness of his glory? What do you think of the, when you think of the word glory, what kind of mental picture that you have in your mind? Glory, power, <coughs> character, or light. Jesus always is the brightness. What is brightness? Brightness is what that, I mean, that which is that shines, isn't it? It's almost like God the Father is the glory and Jesus is a brightness, if we can put it that way. Now, the Bible continues saying, look with me in verse 3, and uh, what? Express image of his what? Person. Now, right there. He's a brightness. He's a what? Express image. Now, what's, now what, wait a minute. Look at this. No man declared the Father, or no man has seen the Father except Jesus Christ. Jesus is one that what? Declared. Watch this. Declares. He's the brightness. He's the express image. What do you see? What do you know about Jesus here? What's that? He is one with God, but notice, God the Father, He reveals Himself through who? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. God the Father, He reveals Himself. May I say, listen, God the Father, He only reveals Himself through Jesus Christ. Because He is the brightness of His glory. He is the express image of His person. In other words, my friend, God the Father, He does not express, but He expresses Himself through who? Jesus. Let's get this thing even stronger. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And verse 15. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. The Bible says, Who? Referring to Jesus. Jesus is the what? Image of the what? Invisible God. Right there. My friends, it's very interesting. The Bible says, no man has seen the Father. Jesus is one that declares. He is the brightness. He is the expressed image. And the Bible says, He is the what? Image. Can you see the image? Image of invisible God. Somehow, somehow, God the Father, He is invisible. No man has seen Him. But God the Father, only through Jesus, clearly, I am not saying, the angels of heaven cannot reflect God's character. They can reflect God's character. I am not saying, the creation of universe and the creation of this world, the creatures cannot reflect God's character. They can. But my friend, the perfect image of the Father is only through who? Jesus Christ. He is the only one. That means, my friends, listen, that means if the Father 
does not have his son Jesus Christ, can the Father express himself? Can the Father express himself if he does not have his son? It's almost like, listen, it's almost like sun without the ray. That's impossible to think of, isn't it? Because they, they are inseparable. You cannot separate from sun and, and sunshine, can you? But we get this kind of picture here. <coughs> Perhaps that's not a good example here, but... So, that's what it means, the only begotten Son. Jesus is the only one. But the Bible says what? God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. When the Bible says gave, does that mean lend? I let you borrow him? Use him for 33 and a half years and give him back to me. What does that mean? God the Father gave. When he gave, my friend, it is, it is totally what? Given to us. That means, my friend, God the Father, he gave up his son. The only means to express himself for this world. But God has better way. And you begin to see. Now, turn your Bibles with me. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And verse 6. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6. The Bible says this. Speaking of Jesus, who, being in the form of God. Or may I say, who, being the express image of God. Jesus being in the image of God. The Bible says, Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Watch this. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the what? Form of a servant. That means, my friends, when the God of Father, listen, when the God the Father gave His Son, He, the Son gave up the form of God, and the Son took upon Himself a form of a what? Servant. Did you get that? When the God the Father gave His Son, Son gave up the form of God and took upon Him a form of a Servant. What does that mean, form of a servant? Form of a what? Man. Now, do you think it's a sacrifice for Jesus to give up the form of God and, be, and take upon himself a form of man? And some people say, oh, that's not a big sacrifice because, you know, by the way, do you know how Jesus looked like before he came to this world? Do you know? What does it mean that he had a form of God? I mean, are we talking about just the shape and the image? And, the, and, and on top of that, we don't even know how he looked like before, do, do we? So there is, some, there is some change between the form of God and form of man, isn't there? But much more than that, when Jesus had a form of God, he had omnipresence. But when he took upon himself a form of a servant, he lost that. In a very interesting in Hebrews, in Hebrews, you know, some people think there was no sacrifice or sacrifice for Jesus 
taking upon him the image of a man. Because, you know, we are made in the image of God. So they say God looks like us or we look like him. So even though he became like a man, he didn't really lose anything in terms of his image. I do not know. But the Bible said he had a form of God, then he took upon him a form of a servant. It's very interesting in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that Jesus was made much better than the angels. That's chapter 1 of Hebrews. And then chapter 2, the Bible says Jesus was made little lower than the angels. So you have totally contradiction. It seems like Chapter 1 says he was made better than the angels. Chapter 2 says he was made little lower than the angels. What does that mean? When the Bible says he was made better than the angels, that means Jesus is God. When the Bible says he was made little lower than the angels, that means he became man. Hebrews chapter 1 is about divinity of Christ, and Hebrews chapter 2 is about humanity of Christ. So that means, my friend, in the universe, the greatest being is God. Next, angel. Next, man. Therefore, Jesus took two steps down. Isn't that right? Now, in this earth, humans are the greatest creature. Next, who? Animals. Next, who? Insects. If we take two steps, two steps down, as Jesus did, we have to become like what? Insects. And just imagine, just imagine for an illustration, you had a form of man, but you gave that up and you took a form of an insect. Insect. And you stay in the form of an insect forever. How would you like that? It was almost like that for Jesus Christ. He had a form of God, but now he took upon you what? Form of a servant. So when God gave his son, he gave up what? The only begotten son. The only one that can express the father. But now, but now. What does it mean when the Bible says the first begotten? What does that mean? First begotten. Let me ask you something. When the Bible says only begotten son, if I say he is my only child, how many sons, how many sons do I have? How many sons? Only one. If I tell you he is my first son, how many sons do I have? More than one. So when you study the Bible very carefully, Jesus switches from only begotten to first begotten. And there's a reason why. There's a very important reason why he is called the first begotten. Turn your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the what? First begotten of the dead. Very interesting. First begotten of the dead. What is that talking about? Turn your Bibles with me now to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, and verse 18. Colossians 1, 18, the Bible says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, 
the firstborn from the what? Dead. So first begotten of the dead, it really means what? Firstborn of the dead. That phrase right there, what, what is it talking about? Resurrection. Now wait a minute. So does that mean that Jesus, when he was, when he was resurrected from the grave, that he was the very first one that was resurrected? Is that what he's talking about? Who was resurrected before Jesus? Moses. So Jesus should be called the second born of the dead, not the first. Then why is the Bible says the first born of the dead? The reason is, my friend, can you have a second son unless you don't have a first son? Can you have a second, third, and fourth child when you don't have a first child? Can you? It's impossible. In other words, without the resurrection of Jesus, there will be no resurrection. So Moses was resurrected to heaven based upon the promise of the resurrection of who? Jesus. Let's say if Jesus does not make, let's say Jesus do not make to buy our salvation. Guess what's going to happen to Moses? He has to come back down and die. Because his resurrection is based upon Jesus' resurrection. That's right. So therefore, when the Bible says first begotten of the dead, means first begotten from the grave. That's what it's talking about. Then why the first begotten, the preeminence, the very first one? Without him, you cannot have anything else following after him. Turn your Bibles with me to Hebrews. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 5. Hebrews 1 5, the Bible says, for unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my what? Son, this day have I what? Begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a what? A father, and he shall be to me a son. When did God pronounce this day have I begotten thee? When did God pronounce this word? This day have I begotten thee. Turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 13 and verse 33. Acts 13 and verse 33. Acts 13 and verse 33, the Bible says, God had fulfilled the same unto us there, what? Children, in that he has, what? Raised up Jesus again, resurrection, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. So please tell me from the Bible, when did God pronounce, this day have I begotten thee? When Jesus was resurrected. Now wait a minute. Was Jesus God's son before? Before his resurrection, was he? Yes. Then why did God the Father says, this day I have begotten thee? As though he's like a new son to him. Why? God the Father, he just like to repeat those words, you are my son. He already said when Jesus was, when he was baptized, this is my what? Beloved son in whom I am well pleased, right? 
So Jesus was already God's son. Why then? Why did God the Father says, "This day I have begotten thee"? You know the reason why? Because my friends, that meant something. When Jesus came to this world, he took upon him form of a man, right? But let me something. If Jesus wanted to, did he have the opportunity to go back to heaven? Did he? Did he have the opportunity to give up the whole thing and just reverse back things before he died? Yes. That means, my friends, listen. When Jesus came to this world, he had a form of man based upon condition. His death. When Jesus died, when Jesus died, it almost sealed up his form of man. Therefore, now Jesus, he can never go back to form of God again. He had to stay as a form of man forever. So, to God the Father, to the God the Father, Jesus coming out from the grave is now a new son. In the form of man. But yet, the God of Father calls His Son, not, you are the Son to me. You are a Son to me. That means, God the Father has many more sons. Who are those sons, my friend? Who are the second son, third son, fourth son? Who are they? Turn your Bibles with me to Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. Excuse me. Galatians chapter 3. <clears throat> Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29. The Bible says, And if he be Christ, then are he what? Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now watch this. Watch this. Since Jesus is the first son, those who come after him, guess what? They're other sons of God, isn't it? That's the reason why, my friend, the Bible said we are the sons of God. That means, my friend, if we are the sons of God, then, if we are the sons of God, then, God has the right to give us His what? Inheritance. What is that inheritance? Eternal life. Turn your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And look with me. Verse 15. Verse 15. Romans 8.15. The Bible says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but ye have received the spirit of what? Adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the what? Children of God. Verse 17, and if children, then, what is that? Heirs, heirs of God. And what's next word? Joint heirs with Christ. So when the Bible says, my friend, he is the first begotten of son, that means, my friend, he is our first elder brother. And we share same 
inheritance with them. Do you understand that? This is incredible thought. He's making us sinners. We are ugly people, you know that? We are the bottom. We deserve not His inheritance. Because we have denied God many times. We have forsaken Him many times. We gone astray. We love sin. But God reaches out His hand to us and says, Look, come to me. I will make you my son. <laughs> this is the reason why, look at this, this is the reason why in Romans chapter 8, verse 29, look, Romans 8, verse 29, the Bible says, For whom he did foreknown, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his what? Son, that he might be the what? Firstborn among many brethren. Now you understand the Bible terminology when the Bible says brethren. That's the reason why. Turn your Bibles with me now to Hebrews chapter 1. And I will show you something here. Hebrews chapter 1 and we read verse 5, right? For unto, which, for unto which of the angels said he any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Verse 6, the Bible says, And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, And let all the angels of God worship him. That's right. Now Jesus is no longer just only begotten son. Now he is what? First begotten son. Now I'm not saying Jesus is not God. He is God. He is divine. But now, before, before Father, he only had his son Jesus to reveal himself. But now, he has what? Many sons to reveal his character. Let me show you something. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 9. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9. The Bible says, But we see Jesus who was made a little Lord in the angels for the suffering of death Crown with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should what? Taste death for every man. Why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus pay the penalty? Verse 10, the Bible says, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto what? Glory. My friends, the Bible is clear. We are called to be His children to reflect the character of God. But let me tell you something more. Something, something's more incredible than this. It's very interesting. It's very interesting. You know, when Jesus was on earth, when Jesus was on earth, Jesus, meantime, He was called the Son of God, right? Or Son of David, or Son of Man. But do you know something? I'm not saying when Jesus went to heaven, he ceased to become son of God. But very interesting, there are, there are many places in the Bible that the Bible says Jesus is the son of man when he is in heaven. Let me show the contrast in book of Daniel. Turn your Bibles with me too. Book of Daniel. And chapter 3. <clears throat> Book of Daniel, chapter 3. And 
And notice the testimony of this King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 25, the Bible says, He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form, watch this, the form of the fourth is like the son of what? God. It does not say son of man. It says what? Son of God. But let me say something. When Jesus, when Jesus came, he became son of man, right? But very interesting, when Jesus died, when he was resurrected, and he went to the holy place of God, notice what, what Stephen said. Turn your Bibles with me to now. Acts chapter 7. Acts 7. Acts 7 and verse 56. This is Stephen before he died as a martyr. And he saw heaven open, the Bible says. And he and said, Behold, I see the heavens open. And the Son of what? Man standing on the right hand of God. And you know, that's what year was this? A.D. 34. Where was he? In the holy place in heavenly sanctuary. And the Bible calls him what? Son of man. Turn your Bibles with me back to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel 7, and you know verse 9, 10, 11 is talking about the judgment scene. I'm assuming that you already studied these passages before. And you know verse 13 is talking about Jesus coming to the ancients of days. Verse 13, the Bible says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the son of... Son of who? Man. Now wait a minute. In the same book of Daniel, in Daniel chapter 3 says, Son of God. But in Daniel chapter 7 says, Son of Man. Why? Because my friend, Daniel chapter 3 took place before Jesus came to this world. And Daniel chapter 7 took place after he came to this world. And the Bible calls it Son of God and now Son of Man. In the holy place, Jesus is called Son of Man, in the most holy place, you know the judgment took place in the most, of, the most holy place in heavenly sanctuary, right? In the most holy place, Jesus called the Son of Man. And now notice, when Jesus comes back for a second time. Turn your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 14. Revelation 14. And verse 14. Revelation 14 and verse 14, the Bible says... And I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And upon the cloud, you know that's talking about second coming. And upon the cloud, one said, like unto the what? Son of man. Why, my friend? The Bible consistently, not that there's, there are times that the Bible called Jesus Son of God when He is in heaven. But my friends, there are more times the Bible says he is son of man. Do you know the reason why? Because he kept his form of humanity forever. He gave up his omnipresence. He gave it up forever just for you and me. And you know... When, when, when John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God, what is that talking about? What is that talking about? Jesus is one that will die for our sin, right? But don't you know the word lamb or sheep also belongs to describing humanity? How do I know? All we like? Sheep. Gone astray. And the book of Psalms called the sheep servants. And the Bible says he took the form of what? 
servant. Therefore, my friend, when the Bible calls Jesus Lamb, means God who became man to die for us. But the word Lamb is more than death. It really means, my friend, humanity. Why? Very interesting. Between the book of John in New Testament and book of Revelation, do you know which book has more texts that use the word Lamb? Revelation. When Jesus is in Revelation chapter 5, he is called the Lamb. When Jesus comes back for a second time in Revelation chapter 6, he is called the Lamb. And finally, in Revelation chapter 22, let me show you something. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 3, the Bible says, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the what? Now, wait a minute. If lamb only represents the sacrifice of Jesus, does that mean Jesus will continually sacrifice in heaven? No. Then why the Bible calls Jesus lamb when he is in heaven? Because, my friend, <coughs> he forever took form of the first begotten of the dead. So let's put it this way. One sentence. <coughs> the Son of God became a Son of Man so that sons of man can become sons of God. That's why only begotten and first begotten. Turn your Bibles with me. <coughs> First Peter. First Peter. <coughs> First Peter chapter 1 and 3. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy, watch this, has begotten us again unto a what? Lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What does that mean? It means this. Because Jesus died and He was resurrected, now God can adopt us. He can now begotten us, so to speak. <coughs> this is what it means, my friend. Born again. Let me explain to you. When you are baptized into Christ... What happens? When you go in the water, you die with Christ. That's what the Bible says, right? You bury with Him. But when you come out of the water, what happens? The Bible says you raise with Him. But let me say something. When Jesus was resurrected, God pronounced what word? Thou art my son, this day I have what? begotten thee. Therefore, when we get baptized, listen, when we get baptized, we give up our old man, and we come out of the water, as God pronounced this day, have I begotten thee, and He will pronounce that to us. My, this, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. But my friends, when God pronounced that, that's a promise. By faith, you are my son. But my friends, the reality will come when we receive immortality. We are sons of God by faith, but when we receive immortality, and then we are 
his son. Let me show you what I'm talking about. In 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. And verse 1. The Bible says, Behold what manner of the love of the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the what? Sons of God. Therefore the world know us not, because it knew him not. Verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. When are you sons of God? Now. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. What does that mean? We are the sons of God now by faith. And there's more to come. But it doesn't yet appear what we shall be. You look to look you uh, look to the person next to you and look at look at yourself. Do you look like sons of God and daughters of God? Do you? The Bible says, It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He, Jesus, shall appear, we shall be like Him. What does that mean? When Jesus Christ comes, we shall be like Him. You know what some people say? We shall be like Him in character. Therefore, we cannot become like Jesus today. Only when Jesus comes, then we can, we're going to be like Him. Because that's what the Bible says. Is what the Bible say, saying to us? We shall be like Him in character? What is it talking about then? When He shall appear, we shall be like Him. We shall be like Him in immortality. That's what He's talking about. We are sons of God today by faith. But when we receive immortality, then is the final finishing touch. And the Bible says in verse 3, And every man that has this, what's the next word? Hope. If you study the word hope in the Bible very carefully, if you study the word hope in the Bible very carefully, that word hope is many times related to immortality and resurrection. Remember the blessed hope, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Titus chapter 2, And every man that had this hope in him, what? Purify himself even as he is pure. Why? Because God will not give you new body when you have old mind. When your mind becomes new, then God will give you a new body. Then you become complete. Spiritually, mentally, and physically, with immortality, you are son of God. That's what the word hope means. This is the reason why, my friends, in verse 9 of chapter 3 of 1 John, whosoever is born of God does not what? Does not what? Commit sin. Why? For his seed remaineth in him. What does that mean, his seed? What does that mean? His seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is what? Born of God. What does that mean, seed? Huh? We can say the word of God, right? But why does the Bible use the word seed? Because, my friends, now you have, may I say, spiritually speaking, you are the brothers and sisters of Christ. You have the same seed of God. What a beautiful message. We are the brothers and sisters of Christ. That's the reason why when you read the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, 
Her, my friend, is also is related to the concept of joint heirs with Christ. Why? Her is a woman, isn't it? Isn't it? Woman. And woman in the Bible represents church, isn't it? But represented as a woman. Why? Because woman, wife, is marrying with who? Bride is marrying with? Bridegroom, who is? Husband. When man and woman get together, the Bible says, two flesh shall become one. Join heir together with Christ. And when we study this beautiful message, we begin to see, ah, why does the Bible says first begotten? And why does the Bible says only begotten? Why? Because, my friends, Jesus is our elder brother forever. May God help us to understand this and rejoice that we are now sons and daughters of God. We can lift up our head, walk straight, and overcome sin by His grace. Let us kneel together for prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we can come together to study the Word of God. Tonight, we study very important topic of Jesus. Thank you so much for sacrificing so much for us that we might be partakers of divine nature to be called sons and daughters of God. Help us, O Lord, to be worthy in this high calling that we may see and taste the beauty of thy message, practically walking and reflecting thy character. Help us to remember this whenever we are tempted. Help us remember this when we have trials and troubles in our home. Help us remember this when others put us down and mock us and to laugh at us. Help us remember this when Satan discourages us with guilt and temptations and problems. Help us to lift up our heads and say, Abba, Father, take me to be thy son and daughter. And thank you so much for Jesus, our elder brother, forever and ever. In his name we pray. Amen.